was something. There was eye contact between them. Yeah, she definitely made eye contact. Then a hint of a smile, and even a slight blush when Cornell licked his lips at her while her escort wasn't looking. The guy had ducked his bald head to rifle through his wallet. Bastard was probably sorry now that he didn't have anything less than $50 bills. In Cornell's mind, that smile, that blush, screamed to him that in another place, another time, she'd gladly be giving him something more than her boyfriend's cash. And he took heart in their secret transaction, restoring a small piece of something he had lost but didn't miss until someone like this gorgeous woman reminded him that he wasn't who he used to be. Not only who he used to be, but now little more than garbage to be kicked or shoved to the curb. A small piece of him hated her for that, but he did appreciate the hell out of the fifty bucks. It was more than he'd seen all month. And as if to prove to her, to prove to himself, that beneath the grime and sweat stains he was still that other person who could be charming and witty and smart, Cornell broke the fifty at a corner diner. He even sat at the counter, ordered soup and a grilled cheese. When he paid the bill, he asked for ones. The waitress did a double-take, turning the fifty over, her eyes narrowing as she examined the bill and then his face. Cornell just smiled when she finally handed him his change. He folded and stuffed the ones carefully into the side pocket of his threadbare cargo pants, pleased that the button still closed solid and safe over his new stash. When his food came, soup steaming, melted cheese oozing onto white porcelain, he sat paralyzed, staring at it. He hadn't seen anything quite so beautiful in a long time. There was a package of cute little crackers and a slice of pickle, utensils wrapped in a crisp white napkin. A cloth napkin. All of it seemed so foreign, and for a minute Cornell couldn't remember what he was supposed to do with real utensils rather than the plasticware they gave you in the soup kitchens. He resisted looking around. Dishes clanked, voices hummed, machines wheezed on and off, Chairs scraped the linoleum. The place was busy, yet Cornell could feel eyes checking him out. He tugged the napkin open, laid the utensils one by one on the counter, and draped the cloth over his lap. He ignored the stairs, pretending that the stink of body odor wasn't coming from him. He tried to keep his appearance as clean as possible, even making a monthly trip to a laundromat, but getting a shower was a challenge. Finally, Cornell picked up the soup spoon, stopping his eyes from darting around for direction. He let his fingers remember, slowed himself down and ate, painfully conscious of every movement so that he didn't dribble, smack, wipe, or slurp. Now, as he made his long way back to his cardboard home, he took guarded sips from the brand new bottle. The food, though delicious, had upset his stomach. The whiskey would help. It always did an instant cure-all for just about anything he didn't want to feel or remember or be. Tonight it sped up the long walk and even helped warm him as the night chill set in. Cornell had barely turned the corner into the alley when he noticed something was wrong. The air smelled different, rancid but not day-old garbage, and tinged with something burned. No, not burned. Smoking. His nostrils twitched. There were no restaurants nearby. The brick building he kept his shelter against had been empty. It was quiet here. 
That's all he cared about, and usually the dumpster didn't overflow or stink. All important factors in his decision to take up residency here in the alley. His Maytag box, sandwiched between the wall of the brick building and the monster green dumpster. That's when Cornell realized he couldn't see his cardboard box. Though hidden, a flap usually stuck out no matter how carefully he tucked it. A sudden panic twisted his stomach. He clenched the bottle tight in his fist and hurried. He hadn't had that much to drink yet, but his steps were staggered and his head dizzy. The only two blankets he owned were in that box, along with an assortment of other treasures tucked between folds, stuff he hadn't wanted to lug inside his backpack. As he walked closer, the smell got stronger. Something sour and metallic, but also something else. Like lighter fluid. Had someone started a fire to keep warm? They sure as hell better not have used his box for kindling. That's-